the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It may mean that you may need to be a little more careful about what you're posting on social media and, and think through how your friends that look or act a little differently than you may respond to see if perhaps that, that hurts your demonstration of the gospel in any way. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Mark chapter 1 verse 14 says after John was arrested Jesus came into Galilee and what was he proclaiming the gospel of God saying this the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe the gospel Matthew 16 in that interaction with Peter he had gathered with his disciples and he said who does the world say that I am who's everybody saying I am who do you say that I am and Peter of course proclaims him as the Christ the son of the living God and and he looks to Peter uh, there at that place in the northern region of Galilee and, and he says yes and you're Peter and on this rock and he's not talking to Peter. I think perhaps he's talking to himself. Perhaps he's just in that mountainous, rocky region, and he's talking about this whole earth. He's saying that he will build his church, and when he builds his church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. Do you understand that? That means that if we live in a world where churches are dying and closing their doors and, and failing to impact the society around us, if, if we live in a world in which the church is silent in the midst of societal devastation, then we are not the church that Jesus describes. Because he says it. That next verse that I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And and so the church was born with this idea of being a kingdom, not of this world. And so when Paul began to preach in his ministry, he would talk about the kingdom as he did in Romans 14 and verse 17 when he said the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. You understand that of, of rightness, of justice, of holiness and, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit of God. And this is so clear as the book of Acts comes to a conclusion. We've journeyed with the Apostle Paul. And he has survived suffering and sickness and stoning and shipwrecks. And snake bites. And now in Acts 28, he's at the end of his journey. And we're told that he is unjustly imprisoned. Do do you understand that? The writers of scripture have more in common with those who are treated unjustly in society 
than those of us who hold positions of power and prominence and privilege. So here he is under house arrest. And if you read all of Acts 28, it will even tell you, he, uh, you guys know I shouldn't be here. You guys know I didn't do anything wrong. I went to Caesar. And Caesar even knows I didn't do anything wrong. But here I am chained to a Roman guard and, and you at least let me stay in my own house. His hope was not in Rome. His hope was not in religion. His hope was in the kingdom of God. And so this ver- this chapter of this book of the move of the Spirit of God ends with these words, Acts 28, verse 30. He, that's Paul, lived there two whole years at his own expense. And he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And I'm going to read those verses again and again because that's what I want you to zero in. I I think out of that verse, we can find some kingdom principles that will help us live out God's kingdom mandate. But I want you to understand up front, not everybody will get this. Some of you will blow this off because you're still looking through the wrong filters. You're forgetting whose kingdom you're a part of or you're not a part of that kingdom whatsoever. Paul knew that some would decide to follow him. Some would disbelieve because of what they've heard in him. Others would just depart. Listen to what it said in the previous verses, verse 23. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. So people were coming to him. And I would say to you, people should be coming to the church. People should be coming to those of us who profess to have the answers. When society is in crumble. They came to him in great number. From morning to evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God, trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and the prophets. And some were convinced. They followed. Others disbelieved. And after disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. Listen, you can't read the New Testament without understanding a couple of things. Yes, when the Holy Spirit of God begins to move... People respond, people are saved because people are drawn to the life change that Jesus offers. But that does not mean that they always continue to gather in large number. And I think one of the things we may see as our society adjusts to these changing days is that as the church begins to regather, she may be refocused and she may look differently than she once was. We may not value just large attendance that has little impact on her community and society. When you focus on the right thing, some will follow, some will disbelieve, others will just walk away. But as a church, it's time to focus on the right things. It's it's time for us to stand up and to speak up. And yes, we need revival But before we can experience revival, we need to be repentant and we need to be refocused. So I would just challenge you, because the church is made up of individuals, wherever you are today, would you begin to look in your life? Would you say, oh God, what do I need to repent of? Where do I need to refocus? What are the attitudes and the actions in me that are in no way representative of a holy God, that no way look like Jesus? 
How do I look at people uh, through other filters than that which you have given me? We have to stop looking through the wrong filters. When we look through the wrong filters, we will see things the wrong way. And too many in the church are looking through the wrong filters. Vision for the church does not come through a Republican filter. Vision for the church does not come through a Democratic filter. Vision for the church does not come from a white filter or through a black filter or through a brown filter or through a yellow filter. Vision for the church does not come through a denominational filter. Vision for the church comes when we understand God's kingdom mandate. None of these other ways have worked. Whatever your political party, your leaders have been in power. Whatever your race, your leaders have faced the same challenges. Whatever your background religiously, denominationally, the church still stands at a crossroads with a waiting and watching world wondering how we will respond. Listen to this from Dr. Tony Evans. In God's kingdom, race or gender do not mean inequality. In his kingdom, power goes to the one who recognizes their weakness and humbly look to him. Forgiveness reigns preeminently, and the amount of money matters less than the heart that offers it, as we see in the case of the widow and her might. Significance in this unusual kingdom is connected to his service. Hope comes through helping others who may need it as well. So before I give you some simple statements, let me just give you a simple definition of the kingdom. Because I'm suggesting to you that we must begin to follow God's kingdom mandate. And I love Dr. Evans' definition. He says, the kingdom of God is the visible demonstration of the comprehensive rule of God in every area of our lives. The comprehensive rule of God in every area of life. So do you want to know if you're living according to God's kingdom mandate? Do a quick inventory of your life. Where is God in charge? Where is he ruling and reigning with full authority? And where have you compartmentalized him? Where have you said that, no, this is just how I am. You don't know what I've been through. This is my upbringing. This is my culture. For when you say those things, what you're saying is you are not king of that part of my kingdom. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at missionhillchurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at missionhillchurch.com. And now, with more of today's message... Here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I want us to look again at those last two verses of the book of Acts. It says he lived there two whole years at his own expense, and he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. I've intended to focus on these two verses for several weeks, and there's so much more I I wish we could say about God's kingdom, and we will in days ahead. 
But for today, I just want to give you four statements and then pray with you and beg you to join me in committing to live by God's kingdom mandate. The first statement is this. We must, we must give all that we've got. It says in the first verse that we read that Paul stayed there two years at his own expense. Now, I want you to think about this. It is consistent in Paul's missionary journeys that Scripture records that he was not dependent upon other people. He first gave all that he had for the cause of Christ. I don't think any ounce of Scripture is accidental. And so when Scripture says he lived there at his own expense, I think God wants us to know that we've got to give all we've got. We've got to put flesh in the game. We've got to be on point. We've got to speak up. We've got to stand up. We've got to give up for the kingdom. For 11 weeks, I've been saying, I don't want us to go back to normal. I don't want the church to go back to normal. Now we realize we cannot go back to normal. We can't be the same that we were. We can't keep getting what we've been getting A new church must rise up out of this rubble. A new Christian must rise up from these days. We have been quarantined and set apart and sanitized. And now once again we've seen the evilness of this world in which we live. The sickness that we need to fear most is not a virus that comes from another land. It's the sickness of sin that comes from another world. And if that is not dealt with in our hearts, and if we don't do all that we can to face that, we will not see the change God wants us to see. The king can no longer have just a compartment of our lives. He wants everything. So what about you? What have you been holding up that you need to give back? What do you need to give up today? Is it prejudice? Is there a group of people that you look at differently or suspiciously because of what they wear or because of the color of their skin? Is it the pride of life? Is it the things that you've been able to amass thinking like Humpty Dumpty that you got yourself here anyway? Nobody can take it from you because you earned it. You deserved it. Are you holding on to you and your stuff? Your possessions? We must give all we've got. Secondly, we must do whatever it takes. The book of Acts ends with those great words where it says that Paul did this boldly and without hindrance. (laughs) In other words, he was courageous and you couldn't stop him. The answer to a hurting world is not going to be a weak church. And it's not going to be lily-livered Christians. It's going to be those of us who understand 
that to speak up, to stand up, to step out and to give up may mean that some walk away from us, that some don't like us. It may mean that you need to unfriend some people if they're not willing to listen to the truth, the righteousness and the hope that you have as a kingdom citizen. It may mean that you need to stop going some places. It may mean that you may may need to be a little more careful about what you're posting on social media and, and think through how your friends that look or act a little differently than you may respond to see if perhaps that that hurts your demonstration of the gospel in any way. The kingdom mandate in the apostle Paul's life was unstoppable. Can that be said of you? What does it take to get you off track? Do you have a whatever it takes mentality? Are you willing to stand up for righteousness and justice regardless of what it costs you? Why don't you ask that question right now? I have a friend that he no longer attends our church. He used to get visually upset because a church would stand and we would sing, I surrender all. And he would say, but pastor, we don't. And to that extent, he's right. It's time to count the cost. It's time to surrender all. We must do whatever it takes. We must give it all. We we must do whatever it takes, and we must preach the kingdom. That's what Paul did. So from morning to night, for everybody that would come see to him, he, he, he did not get off message. He preached the kingdom. The gospel was central to him, and the gospel must be central to us. The teachings of Jesus and the authority of Scripture has to become the main thing in our life. If we truly believe what we've said, we believe that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. If if we believe that, then we have to keep that central. And we must move our feelings and our our preferences and and our prejudices and our preconceived ideas out of the way so that we can focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. We must preach the kingdom. And then finally, we must praise the king. We must praise the king. I've thought a lot in the last few months about the words I heard just before the outbreak of this virus from Pastor Jim Simbla. I've told you this before. But he said, there are times in, in my life where I don't know what else to say but Jesus. He said, I've tried to just get in the habit of just saying Jesus. 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 That's why for our church, some are probably sick of it, but I I sing that song all the time. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, Master. 
Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. That, that phrase is because there's hope. <laughs> the fragrance after the rain reminds you that the sun's coming back out. Jesus, 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 like the fragrance after the rain. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that. Paul, who would lose his life unjustly, he would have this day where he would say, I can no longer breathe. He lived to praise the king. If, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've said in your life, that Jesus is the king. And so the scriptural design for you is that you live for an audience of one. You're not living to impress your friends. You're not living to, to please a family. You're, you're not living for the sake of politics. Give me a break. You're living to praise the king. If not, we can't sing all hell King Jesus. All hell, Emmanuel, King of kings, Lord of lords, bright morning star. If not, we can't sing all hell the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Let every tongue and every tribe responsive to his call. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. He is the king. We must praise him as king. Now, why is this so important? It's so important because our time here is wrapped up in this concept that we're a part of another kingdom. The things we're seeing on the news, it's not caught off God off guard. It sickens us. It breaks us down. It causes us to weep. But our God has not flinched on his throne because he knows that part of this is what's happening as we prepare for his return. Listen to Matthew 24. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Why do we have to get this right? Because this is God's plan until the end. Have you ever gotten so discouraged Have you ever become so overwhelmed where you just say, come quickly, Lord Jesus? 
Have you ever cried out, oh, Jesus, I just want to come home? That's because when we have this longing for another world, God has gently reminded us that this world is not our home. But as long as we're here, we've got to give all we've got. We've got to do whatever it takes. We've got to preach the kingdom of God. And we've got to praise the King. May it be so for His glory. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, You're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at MissionHillChurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.